Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz. Great to have your company for the call 60 Minutes, where we take a look at 10 stocks you've suggested. We put them to an expert panel for their adjudication. And we've got our usual Monday panel that everyone seems to love. Nathan Somersandaran from uh, Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gaurav Sodi from uh, Intelligent Investor. Okay. No, he's not here yet. Um, where do you think he is? Is he making a rock star entrance, do you think? I think he's ashamed of not buying but, the stock I told him about. Oh. And now he's running he's late. Just so he, running he, he doesn't want to get hammered before. Okay, all right. <laughs> Gaurav will be coming in very soon. Oh, no, here he is. Oh, come in, Gaurav. That's good. Good to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah, keep me up to date with the market. And... Well, I was so busy, you see. Um... <laughs> It wasn't at all about my reluctance. We're, we're, we're just sledging you. That's all right. Which is part, which is part of the course. Yeah, regular Monday. All right. Well, um, Gorad's mic himself up. That's what we do here at Ausbiz. When you come in late, you've got to mic yourself up. Um, let's talk about the mic. I usually do a stock of the day, but I thought, no, nah, no, nah, I'd love to get these two's take on the markets and what we had over the weekend. Bit of a bloodbath on Wall Street, down a 1,000 points. Put it in perspective. Um, it only came back to where it was in October. Um, so it's wiped a 1,000 points off because of, um, uh, there we go there, 905 points, 2.5% because of this new virus um, or variant on COVID that came out. Um, so how do we take it as, as investors? Um, Nathan, how do you see it? Oh, look, I mean, we were looking for the market to have some rationalisation come into it. Um, yep. It's overly exuberant. Um, it was assuming that yields remain low forever, uh, but growth would be above trend. So you can't yep. have both because yep. you either have stimulus because weak growth or you don't have stimulus because you've got normalising growth. So we're in a normalising cycle. Inflation is historically high. Yep. So we knew the, the market wasn't set up for any left field event. And you know, if you all the specialists will tell you with the virus that 12 to 18 months time, you generally get substantially yeah. mutated viruses. It's yeah. just normal. Uh, so that's what's played out. Now the question is, people don't really know how this is going to play out. The mutation in this particular version is substantially higher than everything else they've seen. So they're just going mm. to wait to see how it plays out. And it usually takes yeah. two to three weeks to know what okay. the effects are. So the market at the moment has been playing to the opening up thematic, yeah. you know, the travel, the, the the whole recovery, tourism and all of that. So there's a lot of turnaround stories that built into it. Now this will basically weigh on that substantially. Undermine it. Yeah. Exactly. So those, a lot of economies that were hoping on that, I mean, you remember, the, the region that's most affected is Europe. That was already struggling in Delta wave. Now this was on top of that. Yeah. So 
now you've got this, you know, it'll really hit them hard. So I suspect Europe's going to be the most affected, but it will weigh on growth. So you, you're going into a situation now, uncertainty, lower growth, and you've got, you know, potentially looking at US tapering. So there's a lot of headwinds for the market. So it wasn't, I don't think the, the risk in the market is just because of this. I think there were other factors. This was the catalyst that's just pushing the market. So what do you do? I think, look, you should have been managing risk and staying in a relatively good quality diversified play to go into this. Right, and some cash. Now, I wouldn't panic on this particular move. Now, if you're in good businesses, you know, there's a short-term wobble and then it goes on. Now, if you're paying too much exuberant multiples for some of these growth stocks, well, you're going to see a pain either way. So, uh, these kind of things, this is where you've got to manage your risk return. Goran? How are you saying it? Because... Mm. We panic about these things. Mm. I was talking to the chief medical officer this morning mm. and he was saying this is the 14th variant wow. okay. to come out. Delta was worse than the original, mm. but then all the other 13 mm. have been less than Delta and it's too early to, to tell whether Omicron will be better or worse. But markets go into a panic yeah. and and yeah. coming out of Thanksgiving when yeah. everyone's taken a long weekend mm. can get exaggerated. Yeah, for me, look, I'm not going to say much about the virus. I, I, it's, it's hilarious to me how everyone turns into an expert on epidemiology every time a new variant pops up and I'm going to say I'm not. You spoke three, to the... Three years ago, <laughs> someone at a barbecue yeah. said you, I'm an epidemiologist, you would have gone, you walk the other oh way. great, what footy team do you follow? Now it's, whoa, I know. really? They're the rock stars, right? So yeah. I wonder, wonder if uni entrance yeah, yeah. sort of numbers for epidemiologists have gone through the roof. I mean, it, it does actually show the importance of science, oh, um, yeah. which has probably been forgotten. When I was going through university, everyone wanted to go into finance. Yep. Um, and um, I think now everyone wants to go into IT and the poor old scientists. I hope this provides a bit of a boost for yeah, them. But, right. but we digress, um, Koshi. Yep. Koshi um, yeah, look, I... Um, for me, I had a bit of a giggle about this because it just demonstrates so clearly that markets do not learn, they do not change. We just went through this, um, you know, in 2020. We had this remarkable panic and here we are. We've got vaccines, um, we've got um, a platform for um, amending vaccines and and still markets go into a panic when the same thing happens. And, and I think part of the reason is that there's very little trust in governments. Yeah. Um, the way governments have sort of... Um, behaved is, is, is a bit, um, I think it's left markets quite shaken and, and almost traumatised. And so every sign of a new variant, every sign of a re-emergence, um, the market's assuming the worst. They're assuming, they're not assuming a targeted logical approach. They're assuming yeah. um, a, a shutdown. And so that's what they're pricing in. Yeah. And, and you can see that from the, the specific stocks that got hit. Um, it's all the travel related stocks. It's all the COVID impacted stocks. They got absolutely walloped. Yeah. Um, it, we've, we've trained markets to behave this way because of what's happened across the world. All, because of the lack of volume, because it's a long weekend, um, this is majority would have been the program traders would have just jumped in and would have just Probably. gone would have yeah. gone you know buy yeah. zoom buy zoom buy this yeah. buy this yeah. standard tech place and then sell everything else sell the banks sell energy because they're going to travel less blah 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 but also it tells you how much exuberance was in the market that yeah. one little thing will trigger yeah. it. No, I think that after, after complaining about the irrationality of markets I'm about to say something completely irrational myself but it does feel different this feels um, it, it doesn't feel like a pandemic-induced um, 
uh, sell down. I, I think Nathan's right. I think mm. markets been extremely exuberant. exuberant right. and this is the really the excuse to sell off and come back down to normal levels. Nathan said something about being, um, you know, you should have been in better stocks. And, and I think um, for those of us, and we often get, um, you know, pointed at, professional investors always get pointed at and laughed at because we miss the hot stock. We miss the Vulcan yeah. energies. and We missed all these st- things yeah. that have gone up a long way. Um, we, we miss those because, um, you know, we, we have different risk profiles. When you're investing other people's money, you can't, mm. you can't say, oh, you know, lithium's going to be big, therefore buy a lithium stock. You have to do, um, you have to need a, a higher burden of proof than that when you're investing someone else's money. And, and, okay. and that's why we are deliberately cautious. And I think t- times like this, that kind of caution really pays off. Do you nibble away at quality stocks? Right, the Dow is down 2.5%. Mm. Our market's down half a percent. Um, flight centre's down 35 mm. um, You've got uh, James Hardy up 25 uh, Domino's up 4.5%. Uh, today, so it's so on the themes that yeah, you were both yeah. talking about. Um, I'll tell you what, do you have a look at Ansel? Right now, mm. this is a very high quality business, global business. Um, it was sold down because of obvious reasons where supply side issues, everyone's having that, cost pressure, everyone's having that. Yep. And then on top of that, they didn't want to accept that the pandemic related upside would last. You know, if there is anything to confirm that, it is now. Yeah. This is telling you how that business model. Now, yeah. you know, when you've got, you can, you, this is one of those businesses where I think they can pass on the price rise because it's such a small part of their cost base, they're not going to care. Yeah. Now, Ansel was, I think it was around 40 bucks. It was overvalued at that point, too much put in. And it fell down to 31, I think, from memory. Yeah. Now it's climbing up. Now it's 33. It's a high quality business. I think that's a roaring buy. We, we had it as a hold because it was too expensive, mm. what we had in our models. And then it fell cheap, and a lot of our clients rang and said, oh, look, this has come off. What's happened? And so right. it's just a simple fact. You stayed in it. Quality now stock. So do, do you top up your quality stocks? You know, or, yeah. or do you just sit back and go, let's see how the week goes? Look, I am not really, we haven't taken too much action. So we actually bought right. Ansel about a fortnight ago um, and upgraded it for our investors as well. Um, I agree with your sentiments. Um, Gee, that's all right. You bought it around 30 bucks. Yeah, we did. I got a bit yeah. lucky that way, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got a really good price yeah. on it. Um, and I fully expected it to keep on falling. I, had, right. I saw, saw no reason why that should turn around. But, you know, we, we bought it expecting it to continue to fall. Um, but... Look, I think um, we, we you should continue to exercise a bit of caution. This is not the time to right. go into um, SaaS stocks and and, yep. and hot software and EV and lithium stocks just because the price is down 10 or 20%. Those things are overvalued by, are potentially overvalued by a lot more than that. There's a lot of right. heat in that sector and you don't enter a hot sector just because it gets a little less hot. You really right. have to wait for a combustion before you, well, before you, you get in. I think you have to be in. specific about things. So like an answer is a classic opportunity to mm-hmm. jump in because it's a high quality business you're always going to look to buy one of those and it's come back on irrationality and yeah. so this kind of proves their model yeah. and you buy it because yeah. it's got to run where I'd say travel stocks um, actually flight center I'll give you a classic example because they issued so much capital mm. at $22 when it got there mm. we were in it we told our clients to sell out because at $22 market cap wise it's the same as $45 Wow. Yep. Okay, so it was actually pre-pandemic price. We got out then, it's come back, but the problem is, if you look at the outlook, it's going to struggle. So in the short term, there's no point trying to jump and pick the bottom in this. It's right. too hard. Okay. 
All right. Okay, let's get into the stocks that our, um, our viewers want us to have a look at. And the first one, Nathan Telex Pharmaceuticals, uh, an oncology company um, developing um, uh, basically a, a range of different products in that cancer cure. Recently got uh, TGA approval for uh, some of its prostate cancer yeah, uh, we, products. Yeah, it, look, it's... Everything in this category has done well. Yeah. Um, I think the worst of that probably is capital health, and even that's done well. So that just tells you how good that sector is going. You know, yep. mm-hmm. you know, when the tide goes up, everyone goes up. And Telix is actually pretty good. We, we've been following this for years, and I just thought it was expensive before, and then it, you know, they, they get more and more uh, products online, more and more proving their worth, and it's kept on going higher. And you know, it's it's hard when you look at it and say, look, once it's done. October last year was two dollars on, and it's now seven dollars. You just sit there and go, oh, but it's it's a much better model now. It's proven. Yep. Look, if you if you're there, I think you just ride it. Uh, yep. People are paying too much in some of these sectors, yeah. and there is a certain amount of exuberance in it. But look, this sector should deserve it for what it is, and in the current macro, anything with the health related to it should deserve a multiple. So, I think they're okay. And if you're in it, I'm not selling it. But I wouldn't put fresh money in it. I think it's had such a good run, and I think there's a lot of people made a lot of money. Any kind of market worry, they'll take profit, and these things sure. might come back a bit. Yeah, look at that five-year graph. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And it's interesting because I don't think you could have. Um, who would have predicted that? How yeah. could we, you have predicted we, that? We right? What would you get what, to like yeah. three, four dollars? I thought, yeah, that's you know, you've done well. You double, tripled your money. Well done. Then you look at it and go, what the hell? (laughs) And it's amazing. And the reason no one can really predict that is because, I mean, look what the business does. It's pre-revenue, so there's no financial analysis. So if you you look at stocks based on financial analysis, which is is generally our bread and butter, we we try and find mistakes with analysis and original insights with analysis. There's a couple of stocks today we can talk about where I think we've we've uncovered original insights or or, or uncovered mistakes. This one doesn't provide any of those um, opportunities. Um, And then you have to turn to the product. Well, do you have an insight or something original to say about the product? And it's a, you know, it's a targeted radiation dosage and treatment product. I mean, I don't know anything about that. And, uh, you know, then you have to decide, well, do I spend three months of my life to become a subject subject matter expert and and, and just for this this company? And and look, I I, I just think that this is a great example of of a business where the analysis um, is a question mark. I don't know, yeah. um, but um, generally, if, if you're the kind of investor who wants to take a punt on things, and finding intelligent things to take a punt on is is no bad strategy, and uh, this is not a terrible thing to take a punt on. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a genuine innovation here, um, something that can make a big difference, a huge market run by sensible people. Um, it, it could do very well. I have no idea whether it will or not. And, and I think you have to approach it with that sort of honesty. So um, if you've had a punt yeah. and you've seen that, mm. do you go, gee, I've, my luck's got to run out at some time? No, do, look, I, do I maximise the return and just take some profit? See, th- this is a curious thing. I think the big punt was buying it way down at lower prices right. when no one was sure how the approval process was going to go yeah. or how effective the, the treatment was going to be. Some of those questions have actually been answered, so it's quite possible this is a better hold now than it was back then. Okay. I'd argue back then it was kind of crazy. I wouldn't call it intelligent speculation back then. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. Here it potentially could be. It not was, my style, not my expertise. It was a, but, they were actually in mm. the areas where 
they had the expertise and management was quite well uh, trusted. So we had pretty good confidence that they they could execute. You rented, were you? Uh, yeah, oh, we, nice we liked one. it. Okay. We had the initial run. You didn't mention it to me. I oh, know, this was a while ago. <laughs> so we got out, I think it was about two bucks or three bucks. Yeah, we thought, okay. Yeah, we, we That's killed, why you didn't mention it. We, 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 we killed it, right? Yeah, and yeah. then we ran into, you know, we mm. jumped into IDX, Capital Health. We had a run in that because mm. that's more diversified and much more secure. Yeah. And they came out of the lockdown and they benefited out of that. And the data was telling us all through that, it was actually quite a good sector. And you just look at, mm. you know, Envision, this one, this, you know, all of those ones, they're all gone through the roof. Yeah. So uh, th- there is a decent market for it and it's hard to sell. But I always think when you have these kind of runs, when it runs six, seven times, right, it just makes sense to sell 20%, 30% and lock your capital away. And then you're getting a free ride on something that's doing a yeah. hell of a lot better than what it used to because it's much more of a proven model yep. and I'd ride it. I know. That, that idea that, that you're, the money you invested is money that you can just take out and the rest is just play money. Money is money. Every dollar is just as important as the preceding dollar. It's a psychological yeah. uh, problem. Yes, it is. Yeah. When, yeah. You <laughs> have, when you take money out to protect your capital, your ability to take on risk is much higher. Yeah. When you don't, you have this everyday where you go, oh, it's up. Oh, it's done. It's done. And, and that's, you know, you don't need that, that so much. That is a good point. And no, welcome to Nathan's life. That's exactly yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Yeah. Uh, next stock, mm. uh, Gaurav Elders, of course, the big uh, agricultural mm. um, conglomerate, you would say. Do you know what? I am very suspicious now, Koshi, because I walked in a bit late. You two were giggling. <laughs> and I suspect that Nathan actually chose all the stocks this week. Because <laughs> they're all, they're, this is populated by stocks that he talked about. He wanted to buy an I poo poo. <laughs> and all this is a great example. How this business has changed. Like uh, this has been, this has all the signs. To cut to the chase here, this has been, this has all the signs of a business trading at cyclical highs. Yep. Um, I would not buy it. Um, in, in fact, this is arguably, this is the kind of stock you're going to be taking some profit on now. Right. Um, often cyclicality can go much higher than anyone thinks. So I would maintain exposure to it if I held it. But start taking some profits now. I'll just run through a, a couple of reasons why I think it's trading at crazy high um, uh, cyclicality. It's because the, the P, P is 12 and the yield is 4. These are very attractive numbers, but these are also classic indicators of cyclical high businesses. Yeah. There's been a 70% increase in residential turnover, a 30% increase in farmland turnover. The real estate business here is booming. The retail business is booming. The wholesale business is booming. They've made 3x of the operating profit they made five years ago. I mean, come on. This is a, cyclic, this is a business trading at cyclical highs, no question. But beneath all that cyclicality, there is genuine improvement in the model. This has been a well-managed, well-turned-around mm. um, uh, um, business, and, and management deserves a lot of credit for that. Nathan actually mentioned this to me yonks ago, and he's probably ridden most of it annoyingly. Um, I dismissed it. <laughs> this is the great lesson here is that businesses do change, and yeah. you've got to come back to companies again with fresh eyes. Um, this is where experience, which is so often a benefit, can really be um, be a deficit. Because my, all my experience with elders has told me it's a lousy business, and that's the lens at which I viewed it when Nathan mentioned it. A less experienced analyst would have looked at it and with fresher eyes. Right. And that's the challenge for, 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 those, for those of us who've been around a long time. Are you still in it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that's good. We can argue. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I, I think that, you know, I'm a big fan of the agri play where it is now. Um, still? And it's still. Yeah. Now, Elders is, yeah, it was a basket case five years ago. Mm. I mean, if you looked at it five years ago, it, you know, it looked like a cynic, uh, just finding <laughs> big holes. Mm. Um, now, management's done so much better now. This is a turnaround story. Uh, the reason you get this, it, it basically in a trading range, and the market keeps telling the investors that 
look, this is peak cycle. That was yeah. 12 months ago. That's and again, true. this year, they said, it's peak cycle. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, go, yeah. oh yeah, okay, um, I'll mm. wait. It's got all the categories are doing well, they're mm. killing it, right? Mm. And management has you know, acquired businesses to add on mm. to it. They don't actually buy and sell anything. They just click the margin. Mm-hmm. You got higher prices, more volume. What else do you want? And your customer base is killing it. The mm-hmm. farmers are just loaded up. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're doing well on property. They were doing well on food. Everything is, their customers are doing well. They're willing to pay more. You're getting more volume. You're getting higher prices. You're clipping the ticket. You know, if, if I, I, you know, in my past life as a broker, I want to be in this business. <laughs> you know, this is a great time. So you yeah, put yeah, fresh yeah. money in this? I would put it. Right now, it's yeah. at the bottom end of its trading range. Yes, on a, even on a relative basis, it looks cheap on, mm. the, on the context that it does, compared yeah. to its history. So I think it looks good. Mm. I'm a buyer of elders, okay. and I think in this macro, especially, I think it's a no-brainer. It's probably my best uh, agri. Whoa! Okay, hey, that's a <laughs> big word. Well, like agri. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had. <laughs> I thought, so going, yeah, best, best idea. Yeah, best I know. Idea. Right. It's in our models. I mean, we mm. have Instatech Pivot, <laughs> New Farm, and um, Elders, oh, and they all had anything. they all yeah. had good updates. Yeah, they did. Uh, New uh, IPL is killing it. Mm. New Farm had a run, and the same thing. Oh, this okay. is peak cycle again. All, right. All the stocks I mocked you over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, what, uh, what about shopping centres, Australasia, property group, the, the REIT? It's in uh, regional shopping centres, neighbourhood shopping centres, rather than the big massive ones in capital cities. Uh, Macquarie just downgraded it, I think, as well. It's had a bit of a hit to its uh, share price. Yeah, look, I mean, brokers have to find something to sell, right? They've right. they got to write a, write a ticket. Um, so... I think the regional ones are actually doing better than the city ones for me, um, because if I go to regional shopping centres, you know, go in the week and try and find parking. Good luck. Uh, so even with lockdown and all these worries, the regional ones are doing really well. No question. So I think that's okay. Most of these guys have raised capital and so forth. There's a dilution play. I mean, have a look at what happened post GFC. Most of these guys don't go back to where they were. So it's had a pretty good run. Look, if you're in it, you're getting a good yield. I think you're okay. I, I don't think it's yeah. gonna blow up. If there's you know, restrictions and all that, yeah, it might be a short-term wobble, but it'll be okay. They're relatively well managed. Oh, look, I don't know, probably it's not sexy, but if you're there for the reason that you want to yield, I think it's okay. okay. I, I'd echo those sentiments. It's, this has done much better than I thought it would have done. We looked at this when it got spun out of Woolies and, and thought Woolies was quietly disposing of its um, less interesting um, property businesses. Um, in fact, what's happened, and I don't think, again, anyone could have foreseen this, was that COVID has made regional much more mm-hmm. popular than central. Yeah. And the sales running through all these regional properties is, has, has boomed. Because um, the locals all feel rich, don't they? Because their property prices have gone through the roof. Absolutely. People are yeah. moving into regional areas yeah. now. The populations it's are expanding. Um, and they're also recognising higher land values um, across the board. So that's, uh, that, that right. matters as well. What's interesting, I was shocked to, to realise that this trades on a cap rate of, of five point something percent, which is incredibly low for regional property. Mm. I would have expected sort of seven percent or, or so, and it was down around five percent. So that's um, that tells you that the market has recognised this and is pricing it right. rather expensively. It's a premium to its um, net asset value, which I think is appropriate at this time. Um, half of its um, tenants are all big name retailers, so there's a, there's a fair bit of safety, more mm. safety than you might imagine. I think this is a sensible hold. Okay. Re- I think the yield is, is rather sustainable, and I wouldn't be buying it, but you can hold and collect the yield. Okay. Uh, Nathan, Jahad, 
Viction Technologies oh, he wants no. a view on. I might just sit in the corner. He goes, here, two weeks ago, Maiton <laughs> suggested Viction Technologies as a side suggestion. Mm. Wasn't even up on the list. I purchased it that day at 12 cents. Two weeks later, it's 21 and a half. Today That's it's fine. 28. Can you please discuss their share in detail and his thoughts over the coming 12 months? Jihad, uh, I think you're basically saying there, should I get out? Uh, it's in 3D, <laughs> virtual reality, yeah. augmented reality. <clears throat> has done a couple of deals with um, defence and law enforcement and, and real estate recently. Yeah. I, what were we talking about at the time? We were talking about... Um, I think we were talking about... Um, yeah, how did we get to that? Uh, 3D, 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 we were too. Oh, right, right. Uh, okay. And you said right. no to 3D, yeah. have a look at Viction Technologies in the... See, in what, the after space. the show, he pulled me aside and said, have a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to get away. <laughs> See? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I look... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I follow a lot of these early stage. Yep. It's like a biotech. This is the technology version of biotech, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, if you look at all the thematics of where we are headed to, um, augmented reality slash virtual reality is the future platform. There's a reason why Facebook wants to go metaverse, right? Yep. Um, this was, We were looking at this before uh, Facebook announced all that. Uh, because of what I thought virtual reality was headed to, and it's, it's the next level on... Um, you know, if you think about Zoom, that's the next yeah. level Zoom. Yeah. And so everyone was going to go there. Everyone's going to have that, right? It's not going to be one particular group. Everyone's going to do this. But in Australia, there weren't too many players where you could get that exposure through. Yeah. Now, these guys were doing interesting things, and then the acquisition into Italy actually made it into a better business. And they seem to acquire interesting businesses, and they're putting together, they seem to be executing. And the interesting part is every time they raise money, they seem to do interesting acquisitions that add mm. to their capacity. Okay. And they've just gone into a trading hall to raise more money. Oh, right. So oh, today. Today, So right. I'm waiting to see what that entails. Now, you know, as much as you get excited by this, and I think the thematic is great, and, and uh, the, one of the biggest mistakes I made in you know, punting is when I had a go at uh, mobile ads before mobile ads became fashionable, mm. I was in two of the stocks, I think it was like two cents, ran to seven, eight cents, and I thought, oh, I better take some profit. And it fell back one cent. I dumped it, right? Because I made three times, four times. And then about two weeks later, I see um, Paradise and, uh, you know, Regal and all jumped in, ran to 35 cents. Mind you, in saying that, it's now down to about two cents. But but at that point, I just went, oh my God, I just hit myself on the head. But so thematics can run a lot longer than what you think. And this is very early stage, right? Very, very early stage. So, um, you know, if you've done well, you got in at 12, it's gone to 28, have a look at today's result. I mean, the update, I don't know what it is. Right. If they do a decent acquisition, um, I would assume there'll be a decent buying and there'll be a pop, right? Uh-huh. And I always say this, when you're buying stocks like this where you have a lot of upside, there's a lot of downside risk too. The market yeah. goes pear-shaped, this thing gets hammered, right? And so I would always um, argue that you should take 20, 30% off when you right. have this kind of run, lock in your capital, and then, you know, go through the experience. Your risk is low. You're not going to panic. You can ride through it. I think it's a thematic that will play out for years. New money? Uh, New money, not right now. Right. Not right now. Um, What? Look, uh, I, I... The only time I heard about virtual reality in in seriousness was when we organized a analyst day at Intelligent Investor and we all went and did virtual reality to try it out. 
And I was blown away. I had no idea that VR technology. Do you experience it? You don't understand. You don't understand it. Now, I would say to anyone, if you're interested in this space, you must go and experience it. There is no doubt in my mind that this is going to change the world. This is going to be an important new innovation. Um, The same way mobile phones and cloud computing has been an important innovation. Will this company be the one to make the money? I do not know. Um, but that insight alone, that VR matters and that is likely to be very big, I think that's really important. There's a lot of consequence from that realization. The amount of computing power you need, the amount of latency you need, means that you need super fast networks, yeah. probably fiber backed or 5G backed, yeah. and data centers in particular. So for me, when I had a look at this, I just thought um, this is a great bull case for 5G and yeah. a great bull case for data centers. Right because that's where the, 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 the amount of information transferring it at super high speeds is, is mind-boggling um, to make this technology work. And that's where I'd probably be looking to get yeah. my exposure. I'll just jump in and say yes, exactly sorry, what you said. Yeah. When I went to Malaysia about four or five years ago the, and they had VR uh, cafes and I experienced it the first time, it's exactly what you said. I experienced it and I went, oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to change, gonna change a, a lot, lot yeah. of things. Yeah. 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 Gaming? Yeah. Think of um, like um, Gold Coast theme parks. Yeah. In Malaysia, about three years ago when I went there, the whole theme park was set up on virtual reality on top of a shopping center. Yeah. 15 bucks for 15 minutes. No weather problems, nothing. It's just bang, bang. You can go through it, do every ride. You can fight aliens. You can play basketball yeah. against Shaq. Anything you want. But then there's a commercial, like they're, they're yeah, into the fans, yeah. real estate. There are so many applications. Professional yeah. sport it's, uses it's a, VR, which places this is the thing. a player in a field at training and they can see what's going it's, on. It's, mm. it's, a, it's the word that we always chase platform tech <laughs> yeah anything that ticks that potential platform tech you buy but you're going data centers rather than uh, data this. centers and also i'd say um things like um fiber Look, yes it's early days for 5g and i'm not necessarily suggesting uh, a telstra is the best way to play it but um the enabling technology here you can just see this can be so important um for this to work I would argue that this is probably the not going to be the part of the VR revolution where the super profits are made. Um, I don't know where that will be, but my first instinct is is to look at the data center guys right. and the fiber guys, um, the network it. guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All it's right. super interesting. Get get a find out more about VR. I think it's okay. going to be really important. All right. From super interesting to the most loved and most hated stock on on the market. There's no in between with this. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, right? Kogan, mm. uh, the online um, retailer. Uh, you've got. A, Huge variance of recommendations on this from uh, from analysts. Yeah. Um, what's your view on Kogan? I have no ambigu- ambiguous view about this. This this is one of the clearest sells, um, right. in my view, I've seen in some time. Even now, it's fib. Even now, there are some huge warning signs going on here. Um, yeah. So let's start with the one that really gets my goad and annoys me every time I see it is the report. Um, fiddling, fiddling the numbers is one of my pet peeves. I mean, I basically have steam coming out of my ears when I see it. It gives the entire industry a bad name. 
gives management a bad name. And I have a lot of respect and admiration for Rosalind Kogan, actually. What he's built yep. is astonishing. Yep. He's done it with minimal capital and a lot of hustle. It's exactly the kind of founder who I quite like and want to be invested alongside. But he's just off my list. And yeah. this whole management team is off my list because they're reporting EBITDA figures. So the EBITDA is $60 million, except they exclude $20 million of, um, of stock-based comp. Now, if you include that, you're, that's a big difference. That is a big difference. And then to, to hide that in a little footnote where you have to go digging around to find it is, yeah. is embarrassing for them. You know, it, it's not a good look. And for me, I just would not invest in this company. I would just close the door. It's a and trust issue. It's a trust issue. Okay. That, that, that's it. And the fact that they've also issued mountains of options, uh, cheap in-the-money options, um, and then they, the founders have gone off and sold it, and then they try to hide the fact that, that those options have been issued in the, in the accounts. Terrible stuff. It gets worse, though. Um, so the, the Kogan is purportedly supposed to be setting up a marketplace business, and they're talking about the huge amounts of sales running through the marketplace business. So you expect to see higher margins. You expect to see higher um, inventory turns, higher returns on capital, because they're not actually selling their own inventory. They're drop shipping someone else's inventory, right? right? In fact, the opposite is true. Inventory has gone from being about 15% of revenue to being over 50% of revenue. So something is very wrong with the narrative here. Returns on capital has collapsed, have collapsed, um, and inventory turn has collapsed. So that means that there's a lot of inventory sitting in this system. If they're, they're, they're giving us a narrative of being a marketplace, but that's not what the numbers are telling us at all. Okay. So you've got a, a two, a two differing variants. Uh, you've, you've got two versions of reality. What management is telling us, what the numbers are telling us, and you've got the behavior of, of management in terms of compensation, okay. which is unforgivable. Right. Big sell. Okay. All right, Goro's been a bit wishy-washy on, uh, <laughs> on Kogan Mayfing. Do you want us to give us a clear indication of what you feel? Oh, he, he just went through a black fire, fire, fire sale on Kogan. Um, Whoa! I, I just love the fact that, you know, Gaurav takes it personally when it comes to I do it. take it personally. No, no, I, I yeah. think it's good. No, it's They're lying to me. I agree. Yeah. I, I've got no problems. Mm. You know, I, I'm happy to bash you, but that, that's, in this one, no, I don't have an issue. Um, yeah. Look, on the numbers, um, it, it, look, there were, there's a number of retail stocks that benefited from the thematic of what happened in the lockdown yep. and the online transition. Things that have usually takes five to 10 years happened in a year. They did well. A lot of stocks did well. Now, the, the, some stocks transitioned to hold on to their advantage. Kogan didn't. Yep. Now, it's in a simplistic sense, it was insanely prized, um, like, a lot of stocks um, in late last year. And when it got past, I think it was down six to $18, it was just too high. Uh, it was too much expectation. Did it get up that high? I didn't realize yeah. that, geez. Yeah, it's, it's got, okay. it, it's, everyone went, it's the Amazon. Mm. And I went, mm. uh, no, mind you, I bet against Google, so let me take that. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was Google then. No. Um, but then again, um, so then it gone into a downgrade cycle. This is simple factors, it's in a downgrade cycle, yep. right? You do not go into something in a downgrade cycle that's been playing out for more than 12 months. So just wait for them to upgrade, get things sorted out, and the numbers improve. Right now, it's not. Okay. Doesn't matter how cheap it is, it can get cheaper. Okay. So now is not the time. All right, let's uh, recap the first five stocks. Telix, a hold from both Gaurav and Mathan. Uh, Elders, uh, Mathan still likes it at, at these levels. Uh, Gaurav's taking profits. Shopping centres, a hold from both if you want the yield. Uh, Vection, um, if you've been in it and ridden it up on the back of um, uh, Nathan's recommendation. <laughs> two weeks ago um, take some profits hold it um, 
he wouldn't put fresh money in and uh, and neither would Gorev and Kogan um, a merely mate sell from Gorev and, uh, and, uh, and no from Nathan um, here on the call we've been following our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year thanks to our partner Nabtrade any stocks that get two thumbs up go into the portfolio if they come up again and don't get two thumbs up then they go out let's see how it's performing for the week uh, down 3% for the month uh, about line ball and up 7% since the 1st of July this year since uh, the 1st of July last year up 44% and uh, of course the uh, the week's only just started on a big down. Uh, let's look at some of the stocks recently added. Top Shelf International. Globe. Globe. Yes. Atlas uh, Alteria, Fertus <laughs> Health and Mertus. Brambles. Yeah. Some of the stocks removed. Yeah. Uh, Atomos, um, mm. which I noticed was down 3%, 4% this morning. Mm. Uh, Babcorp, um, mm. Harvey Norman and Southern Cross Media. If you want to see all the stocks and ETFs and the calls for folio, head to Osbiz.com co forward slash portfolio will keep updating it all right um next stock kick off uh, our sixth stock is Nathan Ostel the uh big Australian shipbuilding mm. company global defense contractor um I emceed the uh the export awards as I do each year last week Ostel was another one of the finalists an mm. amazing exporter mm. um seven shipyards in five countries mm. commercial and defense it's big. Yeah, and not doing well. Um, it's one of those ones when things are working, they just kill it. Yep. When it's not working, they get killed. Yep. And it is, it's one of those things. They have to carry a fair amount of workforce because of how their things play out. They've got yep. to be ready to work. So in that context, these things run at a, a decent cost base, and they don't have things coming in. They don't have work. It just doesn't work for them. And at this point, they're in that cycle. Um, and it's one of those things where it's one of those things you look at when uh, geopolitics is rising yep. and everyone looks for the defense and everyone's trying to build this and that. Um, but it, we're in that one of those environments where everyone's trying to cut budgets. Mm. Nobody wants to talk tough at the moment. Yeah, I know they ramble around each other, but they don't really want to because they've got enough problems domestically. Yep. And most of them are in an election cycle over the next 12 months. So I don't think anything that they say is going to drive up the geopolitical risk. So in that context, for Austral, it's just a matter of waiting for the numbers to turn around. And mm. I, I think you just don't want to pick the turn. Um, yep. You just wait for the numbers to turn around. And when it turns around and you start to see the flow coming in and the upgrades come through, let it run 5% okay. and then buy it because this has come back a long way. Yeah. Management is good. When times are good, they absolutely cream it. So when the cycle turns and you start to see the numbers come through, get on this board. So not now, wait. Great. This looks very cheap, mm. um, and it looks cheap <laughs> because it has pretty poor financials. Um, so you're talking about gross margin here of sort of 15% and an operating margin of 5%, which is, is really low, really low. But um, I think this is a business you can look through the recent financials. There are problems here. This is not low because the market's being irrational. This has fallen a long way because there are proper areas of concern here. But uh, we'll go through those in a second. But um, I really want to highlight what their strengths are. There is no company on the planet that does better aluminium hold vessels than Austel. Mm. They're the global leader. And that's something when I'm looking for, for stocks, I'm not really, I, I don't filter through financial results. I filter through um, 
uh, niches and specialties. Yep. And, and this one popped up because it, it is a global leader in a big, um, complex area. And it's amazing that this little Australian company has mm. managed to, to outfox these, these big um, defence contractors. And they are the global leader now. A lot of their success has been built on the Literal Combat Ship Program, um, which is a, a light, sort of fast um, a boat that, that they've done for the US military. So I reckon every vessel probably nets them 30, 35 million in profit. Um, and they've built a ton of these vessels. Right. The contract runs out in 2024. That's going to have some serious impacts on the financials. Done a little bit of work on it. I reckon they're probably going to lose... 50% of their revenue, maybe two-thirds of their profit once this wow. contract rolls off. So the market is sensibly pricing this roll-off in. Now, the good news is that management here is outstanding. And how do we know they're outstanding? You can look at the way they convert revenue contract dollars um, down to cash on the bottom line. This has maybe the best cash flow conversion of any defense contractor in the world, and that tells me that management here is outstanding. That's been a recent development. The new management has done that better than previous right. management. So it's at a five-year low at the moment. I'm, I reckon... I reckon buy. Um, look, there's some. It's a high risk buy. I'm going to go speculative buy, but yep. there are some really big contracts that they're up for next year. There's going to be an enormous contract up for for grabs. If they get that, there's going to be explosive upside. The other thing, quickly to mention, sorry, Nathan, no, 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 um, is that um, they've recently changed their business model a little bit. Rather than taking a cut of each vessel alone, they're actually um, writing into contracts um, service agreements. So as oh, the nice. fleet of vessels expands, they actually generate more better quality recurring wow. revenues from the service contracts. Those service like contracts, a like Bring a car dealer, service. brilliant, yeah. yeah. Um, so the service contracts are currently worth um, about 17% and management reckons they can get to about 25% and that's yeah. very high quality revenue. That should okay. help fund other developments. I was just going to say that last business. update was yeah. actually okay. Yeah. There's, there's been little, little positives, yeah. but it hasn't flown through yet. So Everyone's worried about this this contract. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the yeah, market okay. is sceptical. Mm. It is a high quality business with a high quality management in a in a tough cycle. So okay. it, it's worth taking a punt on. But yeah. I'm one of those people. I rather wait for the first turn mm. and then jump in. But you know, if you had to pick one that's beaten up that you want to back the management to turn it around, this would be one of them. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to the other extreme. Uh, Firefinch, uh, Gorev, a uh, gold mining and lithium. Uh, exploration business in Mali, yeah. Africa. Well, it was my reaction as well. <laughs> <laughs> Koshi, I'm amazed at this show. I really am. I, I, I've never heard of Firefinch, and I looked at the name Firefinch. Okay, funny name. Um, they're doing lithium and gold in Mali, yeah. and I had my skeptics hat on. Yeah. But then when you actually look at this, like the projects are quite good. Really? Yeah. yeah, they are quite good. Um, so they're doing this massive lithium project in Mali, um, and it is big. And look, I'm I'm a bit. Um, I own mineral resources and I'm happy with that. I'm not out there trying to find the next big lithium thing. Um, but this is actually all right. Look, when, when you're doing a big lithium project, lithium is, there's two essential components. There's the digging up of rock when you're doing spodumene. Yeah. But you really, this is a chemistry set. You need to get your processing right. And a little business is never, well, not never, but it's hard for them to get the, the processing right. These guys have bought in Ganfeng, which is the largest mineral processing business in the world. Um, they're going to take half the project over and inject capital into the project wow. so that's some serious that's good backing up. yeah that means the yeah. the processing side is probably going to get taken care of and then you've got um, the offtake agreements so someone has to actually yeah. take this there's no spot market for this stuff you actually have to find a partner they've got the life of mine offtake agreement signed off 
Very impressive. A 20-year mine life funding, it looks like, is going to be taken care of as well. Um, they're actually going to spin this off into another business called uh, Leo Lithium, I think it is. And I would look at that, to be honest. If you're interested in lithium, that's worth looking at. This is a pretty decent lithium project that I'd never heard of before. But the other part of this company is, is a gold mine, and it's a, quite a famous gold mine called Marilla. It's a famous gold mine because it is a giant open cut gold mine and typically open cut gold mines you get grades of one gram per ton of gold or less. Um, this has been known to get sort of 15 grams per ton of, of gold. So it has been a monster gold mine, right. famous in the industry for it, but it's depleted. Um, these guys bought it um, during the panic last year at a very cheap price. And what I like about this is that, you know, it's hard to make money from acquisitions in gold. The way to do it is the way Northern Starers do it. Buy um, a, a mine from a dumb big miner that wants to sell for some other reason other than there's gold in the ground. Yep. They're cleaning up their portfolio. They have to raise cash, whatever they're doing. They're selling for some reason and then use your nimble smarts um, to make a better go of it than the big guys did. And that's what these guys are trying to do. Okay. And I think that's a really good strategy. I actually would, look, I, I would back them. I go, again, spec right. buy. This is a very interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, yeah, this is one of those talks again. Great thing about the show. You turn up and you find something and I went, what? I don't know anything about this. So I had to, had to read through. They've raised money, so the balance sheet's okay. Um, you know, gold, lithium. You can't get a good uh, risk management uh, if you try. Uh, you know, one's not hot, the other one protects you. So mm. I, th I think it's an interesting play. Mali is probably not as bad. No, you're right. That's in Africa, Mali's not it's that probably, bad. Yeah. You know, in the, you know we, in, in the land of the blind, one-eyed man is king. Mali is actually pretty decent <laughs> in, uh, in African sense. Uh, but of course, you know, all these things play out. Um, obviously, it's had a pretty good run, but look, if you're there, um, I wouldn't sell out. I'd, okay. I'd mm. be writing it because I think it looks interesting. Right now, trying to pick mines, and especially in Africa, is going to yeah. be a tough play. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've been there, you made your money, um, I'd sit tight because, you know, oh, both sorry, projects look interesting. Yeah, I like okay. both projects. Okay. Mm. All right. Nathan um, Baby Bunting, the big uh, baby retail store. Um, that is riding the baby boom at the moment, and you've got to wait uh, ten weeks for a stroller. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, Supply yeah. side issues. I'm enjoying it. As a new grandfather, or yeah, number yeah. seven and eight in, yeah. the, in the last five weeks, mm. uh, they're still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look, uh, this is one of those stocks that. Um, you know, got into the sector thematic. Yep. There's too many, competitor blew up, too much stock, they all got dumped, margins got killed, and then, you know, last man standing, guess what? Boom, they yeah. killed it. Good business, yeah. but everyone knows that. Um, yeah. Look, if you're there, you you know you, I think it pays a decent yield. Um, you can just sit there. It, it's it's a good solid business. I don't see, see a huge risk at any time, but it's not going to shoot the lights out. And if the you know the, I suppose the retail sector comes off a bit, which likely it'll come off a bit, but you know you're going to be okay. I, I don't see a huge risk in it. It's not exciting. I don't think it's mispriced, and I don't think it's cheap. But it should be where it is because it is good, and it's the last man standing. And we spend more money on kids and pets than on food. Yeah. So there you go. Sure do. Yeah, I quite like this business. I, I used to own it, and I owned it during that time when um, the competitors went under, swamped the market with excess stock, yeah. their margins got crunched. That was one of the most I, simplest right, logic know, to agree. know. And the market dumped it, and yeah. you go, wait, let me get this. The competitor blew themselves up, <laughs> yes. and there's stock on the market. <laughs> and you're and you selling? Go, In six yeah. months' time, no competitor. Oh, okay, I'll get that. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's sometimes the market is a gift. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. this idea that it's always rational is is not wrong. Is not always right. But anyway, um, yeah, it's actually a very well managed business. I yeah. really like management, and we've talked about this before, yeah. Koshi. There are so many well managed retailers now. Yeah. I'm I'm quite shocked at it. I don't know what's mm. happened. It's something I, I, I want to try and investigate a bit more. But there's great quality retailers. This is in that top tier, in my view. Um, it is very expensive. It's sort of forty times earnings. But you know. Peas, you know, I, I've got a real bugbear about peas. It is probably the dumbest way to. Well, sorry, not the dumbest. It is the most. It's the overrated. worst way, overrated way to value a business. But you can do yeah. any multiple. Yeah. But if you look at that multiple compared to historical spread of yeah. that multiple, it doesn't matter how you do it. That gives you a relative valuation. Right. So for a stock like Bunting, maybe mm. Bunting, always trade at a bit of a premium because they're good. But even with that, it's a bit expensive. Right. Yeah. But I, I would say this deserves a premium yeah. for, for several reasons. The online store is going gangbusters. It's mm-hmm. growing at sort of 50% a year. And now I think it's about 20% of their revenue and growing. What I really like is that these guys are smart. They, these guys are the dominant sales channel for anyone selling baby gear. If you're not in baby bunting, you can't get your stuff. So as a result, 40% of everything they sell is exclusive to them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go on Amazon. It doesn't go on eBay. It doesn't go on Catch. I think that's remarkable. Yeah. and shows the dominant position they have in this industry. Um, there are only 60 stores. Like This is quite a small um, network. They could easily go to get over 100. And I like how they experiment with um, services. So they do um, uh, you know, baby capsule um, yes. install installations, yeah, which is huge for parents. Um, yeah. And they also do... Um, um, they, they've built a new warehouse, um, so they've got a really good online um, mm. click-and-collect system as, as well. Um, I actually think this is all right. Look, I'm going to go with Hold. I think this is an expensive retailer, but keep an eye on this one. It's in that top tier, along with Lavisa, one of the best retailers going. And Accent Group. Yeah, Accent Group deserves a spot there. And yeah. their secret is they yeah. can pick a grandparent from uh, 100 oh, metres away they? and steer you to the most expensive strollers. <laughs> you know what's great go, about them? And, and they, they must have I, a light going, sucker coming, sucker coming. Yeah, no, I, I once went for the middle of the range because no. we have a family tradition. We buy the first baby and of each of our kids their stroller. Yeah, right. And I went... God, I'm not going to pay two and a half thousand dollars for a stroller. And I went to the 1500, yeah. and, and my lady said, "Well, if you want to trade off safety, don't you give me that? Don't you give me that? Was it a bugaboo? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the first one yeah. went for a bugaboo. This is under something or other. I think the." Um, my Mexican daughter-in-law just had one, so we call them the Mexicans as a sign. I love AJ and Carolina. They've gone for a, for a different one. Uh, Tell you what. My, we're still waiting for it. It's 10 weeks. If, if, if Bugaboo ever lists, like that is a company oh. you want to oh. get oh, a hold yeah. of. Yeah. No, the Bugaboo brand is. they have is astonishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, that, it's a psychological warfare. Oh, it yeah. is, so is, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about now the, the interchangeable <laughs> coloured tops. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's not just black anymore. You know, you've got That's a pink right. and That's you right. can go to turquoise. Just buy an old hatchback. Yeah. All right. EML Payments. The... Uh, the financial group, they're into gift cards, incentives, reward cards, so all these cards that, that you load up. Um, 26 countries around the world. Unfortunately, the Irish Central Bank um, <laughs> sort of had them up for money laundering and all that sort of stuff, uh, had now given them a clean bill of health mm. uh, and got over, and you've seen the share price rise substantially. Yeah, what a ride this has been. Yeah, um, wild. This has been a buy in the past for us. Yeah. 
We haven't owned it in the portfolios because um, it divides the team. There are some analysts who quite like this and others who, who don't like it. Um, but it, it is no denying there is a good business hiding in here, um, and it's not the gift cards. I think the gift cards overwhelm the current financials, but they yep. obscure what's really good about this company. What this company does really well is it does bespoke payment solutions for individual businesses. So if individual businesses need a specialized payment solution, they'll come to EML. EML will design one for them. Right. And then that payment solution is kind of locked in. Once you've got a solution and a customer in place, it's really difficult to get out of that arrangement. And they take a clip of that ticket, really high quality revenue coming through. I quite like the management as well, quite innovative, willing to take risks um, and have a real strong idea about where the business is going. Um, Again, the the numbers don't really do this business justice. The quality of the revenues is taking time to flow through, but it is a high quality company. So it took a hit as the Irish... It's now had a bit of a bump up after that's away. So would you buy at these levels? Look, I I think this comes down to a risk risk preference. Uh, Officially for us, it's a hold. But I think if you're a high risk investor, you can justify a spec buy on this. It is there's a good quality business there. It's it's very it's got it's more volatile than I think any stock we have recommended for years. It's been a bonkers ride, but there is a good business in there with good management mm-hmm. and it's not demanding I, I think you can you can carefully spec buy for, right. for the right investor yeah yeah it, it's it's an interesting it kind of reminds me like a, a smaller version of like a casino it's got enough problems and disasters. <laughs> it's like it's a platform it's a platform plan yes, right. so the utility yes. nature of a casino is what makes it worthwhile yeah, yeah. The mess is on the side, right? You you get the handbags with it. uh, So you can smack yourself every time it goes wrong. And now this one, it does the same thing. It's got a few issues, but the utility nature of what it does has value to it. That's what's attracting you to say, I want to tell you, if you've got a bit of a risk appetite, you should look at it. But if you look at it on the numbers, you go, why would you? Yes, you do, don't you? Right? And so this is where the competing (laughs) forces. And and I Mm. think... I wouldn't jump on it right now because of what's happening with COVID and so forth. It'll delay, you know, new mm. client base. True. But mm. in a, you know, if it comes back around 250 or lower, um, I would start to uh, buy a bit at a time and accumulate over time because I think the underlying business utility value still is quite good. And when right. things clean out, this thing will go higher. But in the shorter term, it might go lower. Okay. All right. Final stock. Uh, ever want to be on Universal Biosensors? And it's a help. I tried to figure out what it actually did. Um, <laughs> but it does electrochemical development of electrochemical cells, but it's across food and agriculture and healthcare. It's had an agreement with the Mayo Clinic for its um, antigen cancer biosensor. But then did a a deal recently for their wine testing platform device with a group in South Africa, uh, in France rather. Um, Quite diverse, isn't it? Yeah, this is is an interesting one. Um, I've been looking at this. This is kind of like a biotech play. Right. And it did nothing. I mean, we, we've been right. looking at this for like 10 years. We got excited probably 10 years ago. Oh, and then okay. it didn't quite pan out. And it just went and went and went and went and went and sucked up a lot of capital in the meantime. And 
it's now starting to deliver and this is the problem oh. this is the problem with these okay. stocks and then you have this psychological problem is right. Q, your QBE yeah. uh, it's yeah. a psychological <laughs> problem because you've been mm. belted left yep. right and centre you go yep. no yeah. <laughs> but that's where you miss opportunities mm. uh, look I think they're doing the right things mm. uh, the product lines are coming out in the right way it's just just the whole thing just tells me it's like nanosonic and I meant that stupid mistake you buy it it runs up a bit and you go yeah I sold out and then you know come months later it's three times yeah. um, and it's like one of those it, it's a it's got a decent blue sky but okay. it's 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 taken a long time to come through and a lot of people have probably got burnt so, so I, what are you I, do? I, I, look if you're there hold on hold on. hold on yeah this is another example of intelligent speculation this is a, a really interesting business actually so they have a specialty in um in detecting and monitoring um uh, sort of special molecules, little molecules. Right. Um, and they were responsible. They've got a good history of innovation. As Nathan said, it's been around for a while. Um, haven't really monetized innovation yeah. well, but, but but actually got the, the innovation step really down pat. They actually were responsible for the world's best glucose monitoring device, mm-hmm. which they partnered with Johnson & Johnson. Wow. And um, they were collecting a royalty. I think J&J bought back that royalty from them, okay. gave them a bunch of cash. And these guys took that cash and have now gone back and come up with some new devices using the same underlying tech. Yeah. One of those devices quite hilariously is a, is a wine um, tester which you don't right. think from a business that kind of specializes in blood in, testing and going to the Mayo <laughs> Clinic and, uh, well, that's, right. that's why it confused me I thought yeah oh, is this I know a it, it really confused me too but from from our look I haven't done that much work on it but from from a quick um, read around of industry um, that the, the product is actually very good mm. quite innovative potentially disruptive and with these guys history of innovation and that's one product there are at least four other products okay. that can be equally as good if any of these things kind of work, um, you could see some pretty good returns. Uh, this is a, a classic example of intelligent speculation. You know, I, I can't really, I don't know how it's going to work out. The financials look terrible. Yeah. It's got a bad history. You're buying it for what it is, what, what yeah, it could yeah. be. Correct. Right. Yeah. But you've got a good shot. You've got lots yeah. of shots at goal, and that's what you want. The, and and yeah. the thing is, you always say, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. It's taken 10 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you be? I would be spec buy on this. Spec buy on Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. All right, spec buy on that. Let's. Uh, you've got a couple of spec buys Don't today. We? I Ostel, know. a spec buy from Gore Avenue yeah. from uh, Maytham. If I find a uh, uh, a speculative buy, five inch mm. um, from Gore a hold from Maytham, baby bunting a hold from both. EML, a spec buy from uh, from Gorev. Uh, Maytham's interest if it gets down to around two fifty. Uh, Universal buy sensors a hold from Maytham, a spec buy from uh, from Gorev. So a lot to think about today. Mm. It's uh, been fascinating. All right, guys, thank you for that. Nice to uh, see you on this Monday. And, Likewise. Uh, yeah. Apologies for the tardiness earlier on. Oh, get out. That's great fun. <laughs> nah, he's going to be loved again. it. Um, all right, if you've got any stocks you want us to cover here, put them in an email, the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 